Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm Gilda Evans, bringing you the Autism Resource Podcast. This podcast and the ARP website are your one-stop knowledge and resource base for autism and much more. I'm happy to have Ashley Keller as my guest today. Ashley is a parent-child interaction specialist with a background as a board-certified behavior analyst and a certified regular and special education teacher with a background in psychology. Her work focuses on empowering families to build a foundation of mutual trust and respect as the final step in building skills that help prevent the development of dangerous or injurious behaviors. Ashley founded Empower Self-Care and Consulting to support families who were falling through the cracks of the system, so to speak. She became frustrated on behalf of families who couldn't access services due to long wait lists or not meeting all the very specific requirements. Ashley offers several different programs and services that all work to create and maintain a strong parent-child bond, address caregiver burnout, and support children to build skills and help them and their families live life to the fullest. She believes that families know their children best and deserve to live the life they want to live. Welcome, Ashley. And thanks so much for taking the time to join me today to discuss the work that you do. Awesome. I'm so glad to be here. And thanks for that really nice introduction. You do that really well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. I do appreciate hearing that. Um, So to begin with, can you share a bit about what inspired you to support families in this way? Yeah. So I think that's a really big question for me. And I think there's a lot of different things that feed into that. So a few of them are that I got frustrated with the systems, all of the systems, and also how my values fit into the work that I was being asked to do and the work that I wanted to do, but what it looked like versus what I wanted it to look like. So a while back, a few years back, I was actually considering leaving the field of ABA, Applied Behavior Analysis, because the interventions and the strategies being used, it really did not feel right to me. And I was seeing more and more from the autistic community that they had major concerns about the the practices that were being used. Um, And it really felt like me asserting my power over other people who were very vulnerable and less like supporting and empowering humans, which was the entire reason I got into the field. Wow. You know, a lot of controversy, a lot of controversy about that. And I've heard that from other ABAs as well, which has spurred a lot of people to adopt a much different approach and a much newer approach. And yes, please continue. I I, I want to hear more and I'm sorry for interrupting you, but I had to interject. No, that's awesome. And I am so like, it gives me goosebumps when I hear people talking about the new ABA, you know, Um, because I don't think anybody gets into this field to feel like they're torturing children, right? Like we don't, we aren't here for that. One one hopes not, right? (laughs) Right. And so, you know, like I got into the field because I wanted to support children and their families to live their best life, which looks different for everybody, Right. So I started looking around to see what else was out there. Um, And I found pockets of these amazing humans in the ABA field who were already questioning these things and were listening to the autistic community and hard at work already trying to shift the field 
to a more compassionate, humanistic, respectful practice with the use of the science of behavior that, that we've all been taught, right? So while I was evaluating how I was going to move forward doing this work that I love, um, I was also really frustrated with the educational system, the medical system, the insurance system, and the lack of support for families. Because in my many years of working with families in lots of different capacities, I've, I've worked as a teacher, regular and special ed. I have worked as a tech implementing behavior plans. I, I've obviously a BCBA, um, you know, like I've been daycares and classrooms and community settings and swim lessons and doctor's visits and, you know, like just you name it, I've probably done sessions there. And in all of those years, I just, I would get families who had been literally struggling for years, trying to jump through all the hoops and meet all of the requirements and check off all the boxes. And more often than not, by the time they got to me, because they met all the requirements, things were pretty bad. There was maybe dangerous elopement, significant aggression or self-injurious behaviors, property destruction that was truly causing, you know, mayhem. Um, parents were completely burned out. Siblings were struggling. Marriages were crumbling. It was, it was not a pretty picture when I would get there. And it was just infuriating to me and insane to me how long this process took. And, and it was just not, not acceptable to me. So I meshed process. Can you be a little more specific? Oh yeah. So, so being acknowledged by family members and then doctors and, you know, other, you know, experts that, that they needed support. So families know real early. I mean, I have families tell me like, well, my kiddo is nine months old. I realized something was different, but they're getting to me at five because the doctors were telling them, oh, it's just your anxiety. Oh, they'll grow out of it. So getting someone to listen and refer and then getting an appointment for an evaluation, getting a diagnosis, getting services in place. And you only get services in place if you have the quote unquote right diagnosis, which is usually autism. Some states do allow Down syndrome or ADHD, but in general, it's just autism. Um, and I'm sorry, but people with autism are not the only ones who who need skill building and need support, you know? So uh, a lot of these families are waitlisted literally for years. I mean, three is about the the average that I hear. And wow. that's crazy. Yeah. Mind-boggling. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Yeah. So I meshed that. Right. So I found all of that unacceptable. I didn't like the way things were being handled once kids were in services. I found it totally unacceptable how long it took to get kids in support. So I meshed my drive to do better for kids with my frustration with all the broken systems and my concern for caregiver well being, because that's something else that is very left out in really everything that I've seen. We ask parents to do more and more and more, and we forget that they're human and that they their needs aren't being met. No, very um, much and so. so, yeah. And so, and they can't do it because they literally have nothing left. So I created my own company outside of all the broken systems. And this allows me to actually listen to families and support them when they need it. So families can come to me at any point in that journey, whether they're just, you know, having concerns, whether they've been on wait lists for years, whether they even have services and they're just not helping or they feel like it's, it's, you know, detrimental rather than supportive. 
Well, what are some of the most common comments that you hear from the parents that you work with? So I would say the the most common thing is that they're tired. And when I say tired, it's tired in many different ways. They're tired of fighting with the system, with other people, you know, to get the help they need. They're tired on walking on eggshells because of their kiddos, you know, behavioral concerns, potentially tired of the fear of what the future holds. Um, and just plain old exhausted from lack of sleep, neglecting their own well-being. Um, and and a lot of families, and this one gets me every time, is they ask me if their kids would be better off without them. Like if they would be better with someone else. You know, I I, I have families tell me frequently that they have considered putting their kiddos up for adoption because they feel like they would get better support that way. Oh. And that is... Breaks your heart. My, yes, Every single time I'm like, no, you are not failing. This system is failing. You know, like this is an enormous failure of the system. And what are we doing that we're, that we're having families think that, you know, I mean, that's, that's not okay. And then the other, the other big thing is, is families whose young children under 10 are being recommended for inpatient or residential programs. And and I believe that a large chunk of that could be prevented with compassionate, respectful, trauma-assumed services that are presi- pr- provided as soon as the parents ask for help. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So if you could give parents one or two top pieces of advice, what would they be? Uh, number one, stop blaming yourself. That would be number one. This is None of this is your fault. Nothing is, you know wrong with your kiddo. You just need support. And and this is a different parenting experience than what most people would expect. Right. So, and also just a reminder, like I actually just said, is you're fighting a broken system and that feels impossible. And sometimes it, it is, and it's not you, it's a systemic problem. So continue to follow your gut. If you have concerns, you're probably not wrong. Don't let people gaslight you and make you think it's just your anxiety. Getting compassionate, respectful services in place that prioritize dignity and televisability is never going to be wrong for any child ever. I don't care if they have a diagnosis or not, or what the diagnosis is, that is never going to be a bad thing. So as long as you're focusing on, yeah, right. As long as you're focusing on that mutual respect, maintaining dignity, increasing skills that are meaningful to your kiddo, you can't go wrong. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. So tell me, what is your favorite thing about the work that you do? And can you tell us a little bit more about the work that you do? And also, do you work with people within a specific geographic area or can people reach out to you virtually from anywhere? Yep. Awesome. So I'll try to remember all of those. So my favorite thing about the work I do is empowering families a hundred percent. I love hearing the excitement and the validation of families once they're working with me and they feel supported and understood and they start to gain their confidence because these families they're asking if their kids would be better off with someone stranger you know and they get their confidence back and they realize that they they are the best person for their kid and I love that so I love watching families really start to enjoy their kiddos um and and watching the kids learn that they can assert themselves and that they have a voice and they have a choice and they can say no 
it's amazing. And so that, those are my favorite things about the work. Um, I work with families all across the U.S. I am located in the Eastern U.S., um, but I work with families all across the U.S., Canada, Australia, um, England, you know, like I have families anywhere. So all of my services are virtual because actually during COVID, when all of this started and everything went virtual, I, that was another part of how I got here was I was like, wow, coaching parents to do this work was so empowering for them. And, and I loved that. I mean, it's great when you can, when you can teach the family unit and, and collaborate with them and, and have a great working relationship with them, it's empowering. And, and those are the people that are with these kids for life, you know, not the tech that turns over every couple months, if you're lucky. Um, it's the family. And so, so those are, those are my favorite things. And, and basically I work with families all over the place, um, who need help. And I guess you asked, you know, what else I do. So I, I basically virtually coach families. I have a big program that is a 10 step program. That's Dr. Hanley's balance program, Dr. Hanley's in Rupal. Um, and it also includes, I mean, all sorts of additional support. So it includes my stress less for better parenting because of that, that caregiver well-being piece. Um, and it basically gives you four months of access to me. And we meet multiple times a week. You're sending me practice videos. Um, it's chunked into small, very manageable pieces. And we're building skills like communication, self-advocacy, social skills, cooperation, tolerance. A lot of kids have problems with you know, hearing no or transitioning or changes in routine. And those are life things. So, so we want to build in a you know, trusting, mutual respect, dignified way. We want to build tolerance and cooperation and the ability to self-advocate. Right. Absolutely. So, yeah. So, so that's my big program. And then I, that is only for about three to six year olds. Um, so anybody outside of that, if they're younger than three, if they're over six, um, I have parent coaching. And so that is a subscription-based program and you can do three, six or 12 months. You meet with me once a week. Generally, some families do ask to break it up into two 30 minute sessions and we can totally do that. Um, and, and we can work on a lot of the same things, setting, you know, boundaries, increasing communication, we work on sleep, toileting, um, feeding, you know, all the big things that, that are major concerns with family working on caregiver well-being. I mean, I have some, some mamas, especially who come to me and we do the parent coaching so that they can kind of vent and bounce things off of me. But then we really actually focus on mom's well-being. Um, and that's something that I really, really love to do also, because if mom and dad aren't good or whoever the caregivers are, everything else just kind of keeps falling apart. Yeah, that's true. That all sounds amazing. So what about the families um, that that can't quite afford perhaps your fees? Is there an alternative? Is there any sort of support out there for them so that they can engage your services? So right now I am working on working with sponsors so that I can do partial scholarships, which I actually think might've been an idea from when I talked to you months and months ago, I was talking about how the one thing about working outside the system that's hard is I don't accept insurance because then I would have to only 
see these people who had jumped through all the hoops and all of that. So um, I am working on getting sponsors. For my big program, there is a um, financing option. So there is financing options already available. I'm working on getting partial scholarships, essentially, for families who just really can't swing it because I really do want to make sure that anybody who wants or needs help can get it. Well, that's really good to know. That's really important. Yeah. Uh, is there anything that we haven't talked about at this point that you would like to mention? I mean, I could go on about this stuff all day. I would say, <laughs> um, I would say that if families are looking for services and they're hearing about, you know, the ABA is bad and, and all those things that I would really encourage you to look into assent based ABA, not compliance based ABA. And I actually do talk about this um, quite a bit, actually. Um, there is a whole video on it on my website about old ABA versus new ABA. So I am glad that parents do research and they're talking to the community. And there are definitely some very strong advocates against ABA. And so we definitely need to listen to that. But ABA can be really great if it's used with dignity and respect and it's not compliance-based, that kids know they can say no, that we're going to respect that. Um, so there is this whole new way of doing it out there. So don't just totally write it off because it is something that really can help. So how can parents learn more, connect with you? Okay, so I think the best way is through my website. So my website is kind of long. I will spell it out. So it's it's www.empowerselfcareandconsulting.org. So that's empower, E-M-P-O-W-E-R, self-care, S-E-L-F-C-A-R-E, and consulting, A-N-D-C-O-N-S-U-L, ting.org. So empower self-care and consulting.org. Um, and from there, you can join my free Facebook group. I have a Facebook group that has, I think we're almost at 800 members and I do weekly lives in there. I am in there, you know, with, with families answering questions and trying to offer support so joining that is a great way to stay in touch and see what I'm all about and get your questions asked and answered. You can also watch videos that I've already released. You can read more about me. You can read what other families are talking about and any other resources that I post. So I think the website kind of has it. A, a, it's a good place to land where you can get everywhere else. And my other social media is there too. Well, thank you so much, Ashley, for your time and for sharing your story with us today. Thank you so much for having me. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to the podcast. You can find it on Apple iTunes, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and other popular platforms. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can always access us and other great resources on our website, autismresourcepodcast.com. I want to thank our listeners for spending part of their day with us. This is the Autism Resource Podcast, and I'm Gilda Evans, reminding you to take care of yourself and that special person in your life.